presented by The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports, Surrey. This is In Goal Radio, the podcast. Uh, before we get into it uh, and pump up the appearance by Brian DeCourt, a Sensorina ambassador in the Sensorina feature interview, former goalie coach uh, around the National Hockey League. He's got a great publication out right now on being a goalie parent. And we'll also get uh, into what's happening over at The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com. I just want to acknowledge uh, the service that I received. I ordered a, a new bag and some suspenders from the hockey shop over at the hockeyshop.com. In at my door, a couple of days, got the new bag, carry bag, and uh, thank you very much. So uh, not only uh, are they a great uh, supporter of Ingle Radio, the podcast, but uh, they are a great uh, supporter of us as, uh, as goaltenders. So uh, right out of the gate as we bring in David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley. I stopped at suspenders and the hockey bag because I just had to take a breath because I really wanted to go down a like like a deeper path of gear and supplies. Fill that hockey bag, Darren. Fill that hockey bag with stuff. <laughs> just ship it, ship it, you know, fully expanded. Um, they are the best, and that's why you shop there. But I, I believe, like I feel like if we have more time, we need to have a conversation about wheels, no wheels. I'm you, you said carry bag. You went out of your way to say carry bag. Hutch is shaking his head because he's all about the wheels. Hey, I think it's a good thing to talk about just when we've got Brian DeCord on this week talking about being a goalie parent. So I think that I don't know, are we going there or are we not going there, guys? I, I went I went no wheels because it's much easier to fit into the vehicle. Uh, I wasn't uh, cramming the basin and trying to shut the hatchback door. And for a few weeks, so we were in between vehicles. I had a sedan, and it was really difficult to fit the wheel bag in in that. And I thought if that ever happens again, I'm in a big trouble. So I went that with is the so carry close bag. to Woody's reason, except it's, his is even more vain. I. Well, what? his was vain. totally My, vain. Come on. Mine was practical. His was vain. Can we can what we was... separate those two under those but categories? Of fitting Hold in on. My, my whole reason my whole reason was hatchback too, though. Like my hat my I remember my last wheelbag not only cramming it into the back of a Mazda 3, not only did it break the spines eventually on the bottom of the wheelbag, but it absolutely racked the back sort of top of the bumper from hauling it out and having those broken spines sort of crash over top of the paint job so that's the biggest reason i switch what's this, what's where's the vanity play here because you don't want to scratch up your pretty little audi there woody you know that's the reason yeah, that's I didn't what care it was if, i didn't care if i scratched up the old mazda but now that i got a nice car i need yeah, to well, yeah. listen on the, on the leather, idea of being a goalie parent um i i don't have a wheel bag either because once you've dished out all of your income so that your kid can be a goaltender all you can really use is his hand-me-down bags and of course, every team now needs to be special so the kids all get brand new team bags every year. So we've got a piling stash of bags in the garage. I could have just sent you one, Darren, although it's awesome you were uh, helping out the folks at the hockey shop. So I do not use a wheel bag for that reason, but just leading into this talk as a goalie parent, um, I don't have a problem with kids having them. It drives me crazy when teams say, if you can't pack it, you can't play in it. And then you got these little five-year-olds who can barely waddle into the rink trying to pack their gear in. Um, so, you know, I'm a physics teacher. The wheel was invented a long, long time ago. It's a good thing. I don't have a problem with it at all. That said, again, as a goalie parent, 
I was at a junior A camp, a junior A tryout camp this year, and I watched a parent carry his son's bag into the rink for him. And I thought, oh, that is not good goalie parenting. Well, he wasn't a goalie. Maybe that explains it. That is not good parenting, though. Eventually, your kids need to look after them. Why? Why? Why can't parents just like help out? I bet you the parent just said, hey, I'll carry your bag. What's wrong with that? In junior hockey? I mean, really, the teams would like to see independent young men coming to them. But daddy had to go in and help his son register. And then when the... when the tryout was over, I saw him rush to the front door to grab the bag from him as well. Like just a little bit much. Yeah, it was a little hey, bit. That's much. A little like, of course, there's nothing wrong with helping your kid at whatever age, but uh, there's maybe a time that you have to show that you're independent. But five years old is not it. Wheels are fine to me for young kids. Hutch, Hutch, the survive or die philosophy of yeah, parenting. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty Well, that's, <laughs> that's what it is with me and my son, because I'm so scared that he'll look like that young kid and people will look down on him so i basically <laughs> kick him out of the curb and drive away i mean his bag's probably bigger than you at this point anyway and his pads are up to my belly button but that's fine uh my my wheel bag just just to give you paint the picture for you when i finally did the transfer over and well for one it wouldn't fit in the garbage can because you can't fold it up because of the the spine but the spine was broken and only one wheel of the three wheels worked anymore and because the spine was broken, the bottom dragged on. It was like after uh, a 12-car pileup in a NASCAR race, and the wheels are pointing the wrong way, and there's sparks flying around. And, and it, like that's what it sounded like when I when I pulled it across the, the street over to City National Arena trying to get in. And people, the zipper didn't work. People would be looking at me going, um, do you need a hand? <laughs> I can't tell you how many times people said, can, can we help you out? Well, listen... Hutch, you guys, I know I shouldn't admit this, but my non-wheel bag, especially after Hutch told the story about how all these kids need their special bags, but my beer league team has a bag with the logo on the side too, so. Uh, of course it does, Woody. I knew that. I knew. I know I'm going to take heat for that one, but there's nothing wrong with Do it. Do you guys the, all go into the rink in your matching track jackets too? No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> it makes it easier to identify, you know, you know, when you're leaving your bag at the curb to go back and grab the cooler because that's the the real secret of staying on a beer league team as a goaltender as you get old and crappy is to make sure you also manage the beer. It can get a little tough though to carry your bag, your pads, the beer into the rink. So sometimes I drop the bag off so nobody will take it. So it's identified. That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. Much like practice and warm up sticks, I have a reason. Hutch, just a point of clarification. Uh, the track uh, suits are on order from the hockeyshop.com. They just haven't arrived yet. That's why they don't arrive. They don't show up with, with the same matching sweaters. Of course. And they do a great <laughs> job at team sales. As much as this about chirping me, I think we should point out that team sales at the hockey shop and the hockeyshop.com are one of their specialties. And yeah. yes, guys, my team uniforms are Seahawks. We've always been the Hawks. And like this team existed 20 years before I joined and it's been around for over 30 years. Uh, Sadly, a couple of my stay-at-home defensemen are part of the original team. So that tells you about the age of our team. Um, But we have, we got our uniforms, we got our jerseys sort of uh, sublimated. They're like Seahawks logos with a Jofa helmet on top done at com. It's cool. It's a pretty, we get lots of comments on it. It's a pretty fun uniform. Obviously being from Vancouver, most from an NFL perspective, most people here are fans of the Seahawks. So you, if you're named the Hawks for, for the first, whatever, 20 years of existence, it was Blackhawks uniforms. But after the rivalry in the 2010, you can't have Blackhawks uniforms in Vancouver. So we went Seahawks. I tell you what, the folks at the hockey shop and the hockey shop.com, 
can do all kinds of custom things. Now, I may not have track suits, but they make them for all a lot of the local minor hockey organizations. Track suits, bags, um, jerseys, uh, socks, whatever you need. If you need a whole bunch of it or just for you know a small little local beer league team, they'll set you up with custom jerseys. So it's around the corner from Cam and the goalie department, but it's a great place to stop if you're on a beer league team because as much as you guys like to chirp me, about having matchy matchy. We've even got a, a guy in our team who doesn't like matchy matchy either. He always, we have matching socks and he always wears the opposite color because he hates matchy matchy as much as he like to chirp me. The reality is, hey, look good, feel good, right? So some people like to have new uniforms. And if you're going to do it, might as well have it in style. And there's no better place to get set up for it than the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com. Note he said, look good, feel good. And he forgot that last part because clearly it doesn't apply to him. Look good, feel good, play good. I think it's play good. I can't remember what playing good felt like. Let me tell you, after 18 months off, being held together by bailing wire here, I don't remember what play good feel. I don't remember what feel good feels like either. Everything hurts. I think for our friends at the hockey shop, the least we can do is with this week's show notes, we post the famous picture of Woody doing the two pad stack. So just so everybody can see the great jersey work that they do at the hockey shop. Yeah, strictly for the jersey work. Just not a two pad stack. Oh. It's falling down. Oh, we've got Brian Decord coming up. Uh, I want to get into some of the setups that, that we're seeing uh, with the start of training camp uh, around the National Hockey League because there's some new gear that that, that has come out. But uh, let's slide over to the hockey shop right now uh, for the gear segment. Uh, Woody, we've got some some twigs uh, that uh, that you and Cam are going to talk about. There's there's all kinds of stuff uh, going on. Well, listen, the hockey shop has got everything. Uh, we talked about their team sales. Nice little segue there. Um, I was actually at the hockey shop the other day too, Darren, to pick up something, but it wasn't for me. It was for a National Hockey League goaltender whose equipment had not arrived for the start of training camp. I'm not going to name names or companies or brands, but guess what? The hockey shop had some NHL spec stuff, so I picked it up and ran it out to a certain training camp nearby. Um, You name it, they've got it. And on the flip side, as much as I was grabbing gear for an NHL guy, they've got a whole stick rack right now full of sticks that used to belong to NHL goaltenders. Pro returns from CCM. It's what we talk about this week at the Hockey Shop with Cam. A ton of selection. I'm going to let him fill you in on the rest of the details of what it means to buy an NHLer's stick from the Hockey Shop and thehockeyshop.com. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. We're down here in Goalie Utopia with our friend Cam Matwiv. And what you see before you is new inventory at the Hockey Shop. Not necessarily a new model. We're going to go over a few the names. You might recognize some names on here. Pro Return CCM Sticks. Cam used his contacts, leveraged his position here at the Hockey Shop Gold Department. Pulled a few I'm a big wig strings. <laughs> And got a whole bunch of CCM Pro Stock sticks. There's an entire shelf over there that we'll show you from some of the biggest names in the game. Future Hall of Famers. We got a Roberto Luongo here. Cam's holding a Jordan Bennington. We got a couple different Jacob Markstroms here in different paddle lengths. Got a lot of E-Flex 4 for those of you that have been looking for the flex of that stick. Some Premier 2, some original Premiers. Cam. How many different, you know how, like I'm putting you on the spot, how many different ones you got here? A lot. (laughs) Does not know the answer, folks. Okay, 
First off, 200 bucks, Canadian. Um, buying a pro return stick versus buying something off the rack. In addition to custom colors. Custom curves. Custom curves and custom. a few other paddle grip customizations, customizations we'll show you in a second. Yes. It's a lower price point than I would pay for, for example, an E-Flex 4 stick or a Premier 2 stick. Mm -hmm. But, like, what is the catch? So, again, you're going to have some custom heights uh, on the actual paddle grips themselves, as well as custom curves. So each one's going to be a little bit different. They do have their numbering system. There is a bit of a chart that can be referenced based off of their curves. Um, and if you are familiar, they used to have an old sizing curve chart actually uh, on their custom stick uh, website. However, that's currently down because they don't have custom sticks available from CCM in the moment. But that all said, what you're looking for, what you're trying to find, um, lining up in terms of your size is pretty close. So we did our best. The problem is, is that some of these are listed, for example, at a 26. We'll go and compare that to a stock 26 on the wall. And it actually, the Pro Return stick comes out at a 27 based off of that stock sizing. So there is a bit of discrepancy. And if you do have any questions, you can give me a call here at 604-589-8299 or for you out of town folk, 1-800-567-7790. But, but beyond that, we do have quite a different uh, array of colors and some good deep stock and some of the nicer ones that we have here. Really get a chance. We're, we're putting more of these on the website every single day. So you have to constantly go back to thehockeyshop.com, refresh it. You might see some new stuff there tomorrow that wasn't there today. Make sure you do that. What a shame. <laughs> but some cool highlights that I want to show you guys. Um, beyond the ones that I have in my hands here, I got a UC Saros. I got a Ryan Miller. Um, back from when he was playing with the Canucks, obviously that Jordan Bennington and that super awesome coach. And you've, if, you, if you happen to be a goalie with orange pads, he's got some Ryan Miller in the Premier 2 uh, in Ducks colors as well back there. And... Some more cool stuff. Some of the unicorns that we have. The coveted, ever questioned about and asked for trigger grip. I've got a couple of these guys. Uh, they're in this uh, Legacy Pro Return. Um, Kevin's also got these guys here. This is this is a Jared Corot model with the trigger grip. I'm dying to try this. Unfortunately, I look and it's a 27 inch paddle. Jared Corot is much taller than I am. The Legacy, though, is a 26. This is an E-Flex 4. That's a Premier 2, so a stiffer stick. But if you've ever wanted to see, you know, what having a trigger grip is like without sort of cutting it yourself, this is your opportunity, especially in the Legacy at a 26-inch paddle. Uh, you've got a bunch of those, don't you? I do have quite a few. So there's a chance to go back to the well if you do find something you like um, and scoop them on up while, while they're hot. Okay, so another we got another unique grip here. i got to send him a note and ask him what's going on here. This is... This is Roberto Luongo Premier 2 from sort of late years in Florida. Now there's a chance when we ask him, the reason this is a pro return is he didn't end up using this custom paddle, but you know, a really unique way of doing it uh, for Roberto in terms of how he holds it. We're going to be sending him a text message and asking him what's up with this. Uh, hopefully be, maybe we'll add that to our social media channel. So a bunch of Luongo sticks um, from a future Hall of Famer. Now here's an interesting one to me. These are both Jacob Markstrom sticks. One, as you mentioned, much like the Miller stick, his days in Florida, one with the Calgary Flames, one is listed at 23 inches. That is like Lorraine Brassois type small, especially for a goalie as big as Markstrom, and the other at 25. So there are some discrepancies here. Uh, if you automatically look and think Jacob Markstrom Pro Return is going to be way too long for me, 
There's a handful of 23-inch models, so I don't know what the story is there from Jacob. I might have to ask him that one as, as, as Calgary comes through town this year, um, but looks like he was doing some experimenting, and if you're a goalie that likes a shorter paddle, his experimentation could be, uh, could be your lucky day, because again, E-Flex 4 stick, a lot of flex in it, great price point at $199. Um, lots of options here at the hockey shop and thehockeyshop.com. Correct, and then one last holdout. For those of you that are left, there are some foam core pro returns as well. Paging Mark Andre Fleury, paging Mark Andre Fleury, who's always looking for foam core in an era where they don't sell it anymore. Colin Delia too, and it's in white and red. It matches your colorway now. Call me. Yeah, Mark Andre Fleury is not calling you. Anyways, uh, one last question, Cam. Um, the, on the pro returns, how does the warranty work? Is it a little different on pro returns? Than a little different is in there's no warranty. Kind of so, what I thought. So it is a little bit, you know, if, if you break it, you bought it. It's not like if, you know, the little bit extra, the extra you're going to pay for an E-Flex 4 off the rack without this customization, just a stock one in your stock sizing, stock patterns. The difference is you will get a warranty there. With these ones, you break it. You bought it. So fits of anger, a wicked shot that just happens to catch a good news is they're they're built for NHLers, so they should last. Correct. Yeah, it's a, that is called out on the stick itself. It does say pro stock, no warranty on them. So again, just a reiteration of that fact. But that said, once again, if you have any questions about these bad boys, um, you're looking for potentially some more pictures, trying to line it up with some curves, again, you can give me a call here at 604-589-8299 or... 1-800-567-7790 or check us out at thehockeyshop.com thanks kevin i'm liking the uh, bennington here that's a beautiful stick if you happen to have like a team that's a blue and white color like that's a must add all right cam thanks for having us 100 bucks off these compared to regular price 199 pro return ccm make sure you check out thehockeyshop.com they'll be adding new sticks on a consistent basis here over the next little while. And if you happen to be blessed to live in Vancouver or the area, check them out in person at thehockeyshop.com. Cam's got an entire rack of these beauties over there. Thanks, Cam. Sticks, I'm the convert. Uh, I didn't think that they made a huge deal and that was my naivety. Uh, I am uh, on board, and you guys uh, convinced me of that. So uh, thank you very much. And those pro return, like, can you imagine standing there in goal and looking over and seeing the stamp Luongo or uh, big like that's just that. And knowing, like, we're not talking about uh, at the uh, local department store and looking down and seeing a name, but knowing that that was Luongo's twig, that's or somebody of that ilk. That's pretty cool. Definitely. And it's, you know, like big difference, like you said, like it used to be like the patterns were named after certain goalies, right? So every stick yeah. would sort of have, you know, CCM was Crawford, Price, Flurry, like those were the different, some of the different patterns you can get. But these are the actual sticks. As a matter of fact, that Luongo one is as we show you in the video. And this is a good reminder to watch the video. Uh, every episode of In Goal Radio's podcast gear segment is sort of simulcast on YouTube, our YouTube channels and our Instagram TV, IGTV. So you can go watch the videos. Not right away. Give it a few days. We'll get it up. Um, watch those videos uh, so you can see a very unique handle that Roberto Luongo had on his stick for those pro returns. As a matter of fact, something like I got to send him a text and ask him about because I don't think he had it here in Vancouver. I, I like to think I would have noticed it. 
Um, and I hadn't noticed it when he came through with Florida. So maybe it was even an experimental thing that net, maybe that's why it's a pro return. Maybe he decided not to go that way. So a lot of different reasons these sticks can end up uh, on the rack. Uh, the reason they end up on the rack at the hockey shop is because of their relationships with the manufacturers, their ability to sort of source these things, uh, and they get to pass on some savings to you. These are off the rack, $300 sticks for $199. You just got to go in there and sort of check it out that the patterns and the lies are what you're looking for. I'm going to ask you guys quickly, and I'll go first on this uh, to give you some time to think about it. But Design your perfect stick, like to your specifications with, with different tweaks. Is it a, a shorter handle? Is it uh, a cut down uh, where the paddle uh, joins, uh, a.k.a. Bobrovsky or, or a Henrik Lundqvist uh, grip, something along that line? Uh, what, what would you guys do just to tweak your stick if you could do it in a totally custom fashion? Uh, I would have a big old hook uh, on, on my blade. And then I would have that shave down paddle where I could uh, go paddle down and not not pinch my finger at all ever. Uh, something along that line. And and I'm uh, I'm on board with the the shorter handle uh, up top, uh, uh, a little bit shorter on that. So so give me an idea of what you guys would do to just to, just to pimp out your stick. You're pretty close to what I would do. That's yeah. uh, the shorter handle for sure because I but my reasons are vanity alone. I. You know, I grew up watching Ken Dryden. He was my favorite. Oh, just so, the, a, yeah. so the only one I could potentially come close to leaning on like Dryden would be a really cut down <laughs> handle. Um, probably somewhere around the top of the paddle, you'd need to cut mine down so I could do it. Um, so that's really important. I need it to be really, really whippy because I am uh, really, really wimpy and I want to be able to fire that puck. Uh, the interesting thing that's come up, I don't know if you guys have had this one, but came up around here recently was discussions about how does the puck receive a pass? And you would think, does that really matter? But when you're back behind the net, stopping those shots, how, how does yeah. the puck react in that situation? Probably something that should matter more to us than how well we can fire a puck towards the empty net at the other end of the ice. How cleanly can you pick them off the boards? We've had that discussion with the square toe versus the round toe and how you're integrating in with the boards. But uh, so that's, I don't even know where to go with that just yet, but it's something that happens to be of mind. And then, as you said, Darren, um, that that thought of shaving it down so you can go paddle down. I remember many years ago actually cutting the knob off the ice side of my stick when I'm paddled down so I can get even lower. Mm -hmm. I think something I saw that Hashik had done. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. you do the the reverse poke check uh, every now and then because, so yeah. the puck doesn't slide underneath the uh, the shaft. Yeah. If you, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Th those come to mind for me, but Woody probably just a big graphic down the middle for me that says warm up. <laughs> just that'd be awesome. Yeah, just See, for that's that what just, happens when we give them time to yeah, think. Yeah, that was just for you guys. No, I'm probably going. Uh, uh, I fell in love with the flex and that's the thing, eh? Like, uh, in the E flex four and that's the thing. Um, you know, sometimes that flex will be around where the handle meets the shaft. What I loved about the E flex four is that, that, that flex was actually in the paddle of the stick. Like you could, that's where it, and, and I just, I, th I felt like I could actually sh pass the puck and get a little velocity on it and get some lift in it just much easier with that. Um, trying the Bauer three X right now, really like it. It's got some good flex in it. Uh, and it's cut down as well, just like the hyperlight line. They've they've lowered sort of the the uh, the length of that shaft, and I'm really liking that. So that goes back to our days with Kerry when he talked about cutting down his stick. And we know a lot of goalies right up to the NHL that sort of followed that advice. 
Um, those are probably my two, two biggest factors. So, um, I'm still a big eFlex 4 guy, but like I said, there are some other models out there now that are starting to have that, that flex in it. And I, to me, that's the biggest one that makes a difference, a noticeable difference. If I grab a CCM axis, which is a much stiffer stick and some guys like it because of that. Um, to me, that's, it, I can tell the difference right away. And I'm going to be playing shuffleboard with it compared to if I have an E-Flex 4 and I feel like I can just get that little pop and lift it over a four-checker stick that much easier. I know as you listen to this podcast that you're thinking the same thing. So let us know. What, what do you do with your stick? How would you customize it if you could do the grip, the shaft, everything uh, along down, right down to the graphic with warm-up stick uh, with, with Woody? Uh, that would be uh, cool if you could put your own custom graphic uh, on your stick as well. Uh, let us know what you think over at, uh, what do you want to go email? Or you can tweet us, but you can also uh, email us, right? I believe you can. Uh, that address would be podcast at ingolmag.com <laughs> best about that uh, every time is hutch just leans right into the microphone as well and lowers his voice uh, as he goes through it uh brian decord's coming up in a second uh got some cool kits uh, out there calgary flames uh have one uh vancouver connects uh, have a cool mask uh loren brassois uh with the uh with the vegas golden knights uh switched uh, his uh, colors obviously over and and is in. So let's uh, let's go around the horn a little bit. Uh, the Calgary Flames. Uh, that 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 is a, a logo that's always made for custom graphics, and it uh, it got a goaltender to deliver. Adam Werner just killing it with the Flames on his uh, new set of Bowers with the uh, Digiprint graphics. Absolutely love those. One of my favorites so far. We've seen. A lot uh, and a little hat tip to our friend Goalie Gear Nerd over on his IG account. A lot of um, shots of the new 2022 Bauer. It'll be the next next sort of version of their Supreme line carryover from the Ultrasonic. No name on it yet. He's got a lot of shots of that. Guys like Cam Talbot in that one. Although interestingly, it looked like Cam still had his Hyperlight glove on. Um, I, there's some really great graphics. I liked LBs uh, from when he you know finally got out there in Vegas. Uh, Spencer Martin, who is with the Canucks, probably in the four or five hole with this organization. Um, you know, I'm going to spend some time out here in Abbotsford, hope to get him to watch him in the American Hockey League. But he came out with, still has Tampa Bay Lightning, Lightning Bolt custom digiprint graphics on his Bauer pads and, and gloves, but he's got a new set coming. But his mask was chromed. And when I say a mask pops, like, everyone that mask everyone in the rink because it was open to the to the public limited capacity because of covid but training camp was open everyone was like "Ooh, that's the best mask in the building like it, the way the light reflected off it i'm picturing you mentioned it last week darren peter morazic maybe catching shooters with a little bit of a yeah you know the light reflecting off the mask spencer's got that going on in this one it was gorgeous and little shout out to fred Oweniak, uh from corner gas who made the trip out to watch training camp and sent me a text and we sat there and watched the goalies and talked about goaltending. He was actually the first one to tell me, make sure you check out Spencer Martin's mask. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, wow, that thing pops. Freddie's awesome. He is awesome. Love hanging out with him. I uh, did that at uh, attendee fest uh, a couple of years ago. Can't wait to get back into, into that routine. I, cause I had no idea he was a, he was a goalie and, being able to sit there and just bond uh, over net mining was uh, was awesome. Yeah, there's some some great gear coming out, and 
it's uh, it's also like NHL goalies are, are living the their childhoods with getting gear uh, at the last minute uh, before the season starts and and having to to break it in. It's it's a different type of scenario this year because of uh, production uh, backlogs and uh, COVID and everything sort of aligning to push back the queue and uh, goaltenders are having to jump right in. Yeah, supply chain issues are affecting everyone. Um, shipping issues. Like, there's just a lot going on. We are seeing guys. I mentioned the story about the hockey shop and running to grab some pants, some NHL spec pants. Um, it's just a lot of people are behind. Joey Decord the other day, like, he's got his his set now of true 12.2 pads for the Seattle Kraken, and hopefully we'll get to see him on the ice in them soon. But their first day was a media day. And he actually was wearing Philip Gruber. He had his new gloves, a little bit of red trim. But when I saw the pictures of the pads, I'm like, those are Grubauer's pads for media day. So he actually had to grab Grubauer's pads for the photo day. And then on his actual first day at camp, he was wearing his Ottawa colored pads. Now, I don't know if the other ones hadn't arrived or he just hadn't had a chance to break them in. But either way, as you said, Darren, a lot of examples around the league of Guy Spencer Martin, those Tampa pads still doesn't have his set in yet with Canucks a Canucks theme on them. So, um, yes, this year NHLers they're just like us, waiting for gear. So, did Joey have to talk to Dad uh, about that and how to handle it? I'm just trying to tie in the feature interview brought to you by Sense Arena uh, with uh, Brian Decord uh, talking about being a goalie parent. He's got the new book out, and there's a lot going on in in Brian's life right now. As Joey uh, joins the Seattle Kraken. I was just going to say, like, I don't know that he reached out to dad and complained about his gear not being there. But I can guarantee you if he did, dad would have had an answer because he has lived it and seen it all. And that's what makes this interview so good. But before we get there, he's also an ambassador for Sense Arena, who has been a, you know, we're proud to have them on board working with us on this podcast. And he talked about, I'm going to little little tease here. And hopefully Bob Tativa from Sense Arena, if you hear this, um... Brian sort of teased us towards the end of this interview uh, about some exciting things that are coming for Sense Arena. But we've also got a new release that just came out, Hutch. I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out, uh, but with a lot of new sort of game day or prepare to play tools added to Sense Arena. And that's one of the values of this is when you buy Sense Arena, it's not just what it is now. It's access to what it becomes as they continue to develop this product. Yeah, for sure. I, I've said before, one of the things that I love about it is that continually updating uh, nature of, of modern software. So it's a subscription and it's a subscription because it's always changing. And there has been a new release this week. Uh, we've had a chance to have a quick look at it and we're going to dive deep into it over the next uh, week or two here. Uh, fantastic new features in Sense Arena at a time of year when I think a lot of people should be thinking about adding it to their arsenal. Uh, games are, are sort of on us right now. People coming out of training camp. What a great way to prepare to go on the ice is Sense Arena. And they've added some really cool features that will um, really help you with that. One of the ones that I love that I think probably harkens to the future here, guys, is the new power play drills. And the new power play drills allow you to see some of the common systems that are in use out there, uh, the umbrella, the overload, and so on, and start to recognize what's happening in front of you. Things that maybe you don't get a chance to do as much as you should in practice. Learn to read systems and what's happening out there. I know there's some other sports that are using this in a way to almost pre-scout using virtual reality. And I think that's something that's going to be coming uh, down the road at some point. The ability to, to face two-on-one and three-on-one situations, same kind of thing, 
Kevin, you've mentioned so many times, goaltending is pattern recognition. Uh, now you can use this tool to give you that opportunity, uh, you know, without the, having your body beat up on the ice by continuous reps. And of course, we all just don't have that same access uh, to the ice. So that better 3D replay in this new feature, the box control feature, something I absolutely love in Sense Arena because it's something you just can't do on the ice. It's a way that technology is making the game better for goaltenders. Um, some new video drills, the chance to face some pro shooters with just some open shots, more training plans, of course, and then they're always sort of tweaking the setup of the uh, of the menu system so that it's more user friendly, easier for you to get at all the new things that they've added in. So lots of great things in in Sense Arena's latest update, guys, and I encourage everybody to uh, to give it a shot. Uh, Brian's uh, representation and the videos that he puts out are are outstanding as well. To help you along and just give you that little bit of insight into what you're looking for are outstanding with sense arena but then uh, you go down the path of brian and his years of goaltending uh and goaltending instruction and then with different nhl teams and now uh you've got the uh synergy between what listeners are going through right now with uh with athletes and parents maybe driving to a game together listening to this podcast and being a goalie parent, which uh, this book that he's got out, uh, being a goalie parent, can help both the parent and the athlete as well as you kind of come to an understanding through an, uh, a mediator almost. Because we know that uh, that sometimes the kids don't exactly listen to everything mom and dad have to say, and mom and dad don't always uh, understand what the kids have to say. So this is a this is a real cool uh, publication. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, there's a lot of things. I know Hutch is as, as you listen to this interview. Maybe some things that resonated with you, but things I never even thought of, and some other things that I actually, the more I thought about it, I can relate to. Maybe not as a goalie parent, but even just being in the car as my young daughter's learning to drive, how we react, body language, right. and how that affects their mental state, their the psychology of it. Uh, but a lot of other things in here, like uh, where to sit in the rink, how to interact with other parents. He talks about the car ride home and how to approach that. Um, he's also got a new app. We talked about that. He talks about that, the, the new game day app, which allows you to track things, Sense Arena. And then he also, towards the end, talks about the decision to leave the Arizona Coyotes. Because, of course, when we had part one with Brian Decord back in the summer, a lot of the focus was on goalie development because he was in that role as the director of goaltending with the Arizona Coyotes. So he gets into that a little bit about the decision to leave and now working at Boston University basically gets into a ton of different things here. Um, it's funny because we have a lot of parents that tell us they listen to this podcast on the way to the rink with their young goaltender um, and sort of listen to it together. And I think there are going to be some lessons here that are going to resonate with a lot of those parents. It's, it's, it's almost a perfect combination. I can't wait. Uh, as you listen to this uh, discussion, uh, when, when you as the parent uh, just slide an eye over to your child and go see that's what i was talking about or when the the child you the uh, the athlete look over and go see mom see dad that's what i was talking about it's <laughs> the best of both worlds our uh, feature interview brought to you by sensorina sensorina vr in discussion with brian decourt Really happy to welcome back to the Ingo Radio Podcast, Brian Decord. Uh, for those of you who remembered, and I know most of you would have enjoyed it because I got feedback on it, we had Brian on early in the summer, and we cut. We had a we had a, what 
40 minutes, Brian, which for you and me is a short yeah. chat. And <laughs> we finished it off. We wanted to cut it off because I remember saying right at the end of it, like, I really wanted to ask you about your son, Joey Decord, who now is with the Seattle Crack and just had his first day on the ice at training camp yesterday. And what the lessons of being a goalie parent. It was literally the last question I wanted to ask you, but I felt like the answer deserved a part two interview on the Ingle Radio podcast. What I didn't know at the time, you were writing a book about how to be a goalie parent. So I'm going to introduce you that way. There are so many different ways we could do it. Former NHL goaltending coach, uh, one of the first uh, dedicated full-time goaltending scouts in the National Hockey League with the Toronto Maple Leafs, run stop at goaltending schools. Uh, all over the East Coast and around the Boston, Massachusetts area, uh, has written uh, another book, Hockey Goaltending, which I think has sold over 40,000 copies. That's got to be a record. Like Working at BU now, there's all these different things, but I want to focus on the new book. Um, it's taken off on Amazon, How to Be a Goalie Parent, where the origins, give me the origin story because you lived it, obviously your whole life being a goalie parent, or at least most of your life now, the last... 20 odd years. What, what, what gave you the idea of writing a book about it? Well, I, it's kind of because it ties into Joey, right? So I'm a, I'm a proud goalie parent. Uh, Daniela and I, we raised uh, two goalies. So we're, we're often asked what we do for a living. We say we breed goalies. Um, but uh, so it, it's funny with the, with the Joey thing. So Joey was at Arizona State University. And after his junior year, like they just finished up in, in, the, in the regionals. And four days later, he's playing his first game in Buffalo. And it's like Jack Eichel night. Place is packed. It's their last game of the season. His first NHL start. So uh, myself and, and family and friends, and we all head to Buffalo. I get a suite. And basically, it's, it's 24 hours of stories about how Joey got there, right? So then... We're on the way home, and we're on the plane, and I, and I looked at, at Daniela, and I'm like, do you know how many decisions went in to getting Joey to this point, right? Like, and, and, and it was so hard for us. And I said to Daniela, I said, look, like, I've lived my entire life in the goalie community, coach and scout and, and the, the stop it and the whole thing. And, like, and it was hard for me. What do parents do? that don't live in the goalie community or the hockey community, or maybe weren't even hockey players themselves. Like, like there were so many decisions. So what I decided to do is I started writing a book uh, specifically for goalie parents and just kind of being able to give them like some of the stories of what happened to me. And along with all the other kids that I've worked with in the past and trying to take all my experience for 25 years in the business and give them as much as I could to hopefully help them, you know, make better decisions and have some reference point when, when they come to crossroads. And that makes that a perfect book to talk about on the Ingle Radio podcast, because I can't tell you how many sort of notes and emails we get, I almost said letters. Um, but just notes from parents that where they listen to this is with their young goalies, sons or daughters on the way to to the rink or on the way home from the rink to tournaments and things like that, sort of trying to soak up the advice. So this is perfect. Uh, let, let's start with, because the other part you did with this book that I want to get to is it wasn't just your experiences. You talked to other goalie parents, um, you know, parents for Jeremy Swayman and Spencer Knight and a lot of these, you know, you got 
input from them for the book. So I want to get to that. But first, let's start with Joey's path. I mean, you know, you talked about no offers from colleges, passed over first year of the like those decisions you had to make and the lessons that you share in this book, what are some of the big ones? Tie them into Joey's path and some of the big decisions you had to make along the way um, that you think will resonate with other parents. Yeah, I think so often when we see goalies in the NHL and, and the fact that they made it to, to that point, you think everything was rosy on the way on the way there, on their journey. And, and that's actually one of the things that I really learned from talking to the parents of other NHL goalies. Everybody's path is different. Right. So it's not like you have to do one thing or another. It was so interesting to, to be talking to the to the to the parents and then finding out the different ways that they ended up getting there. Right. And with Joey, Joey, you know, wasn't typical at all. You know, he played prep school in in New England. He he played three different sports his senior year. He was the captain of the hockey team, captain of the soccer team, and captain of the tennis team. Right. So he had this. So so he was all into, you know, the multi-sport thing. While other guys were dedicated goalie from the time they were eight years old. And that was it. So there was no there's no like, oh, you have to play all these different sports or you can't just be a goalie. I mean, there's so many different ways. And Joey was really interesting because, you know, when he was in prep school, he was uh, his junior year. He was ranked 14th in North America for the NHL draft and, and he didn't get drafted. He went, um, he went on five different college visits and not one of those visits resulted in a scholarship offer. So, so you know, one of the things that I, I, I really try to explain to parents in the book is that adversity component to being a goalie. Like when we're in the stands, we're, we're watching our kids. We just want things to go well, right? And, and, you know, when things don't go well, all we want to do is go down and protect our kid and give him a hug, right? Like, like, but what you don't realize at the end of the day is that it's really the adversity that actually is what's going to make them who they are at the, at the, you know, in their career or most importantly in life. Like I always think goalies have such an unfair advantage to other kids because there's so much you have to go through mentally as a goalie. Right. The, you know, the, the pressure and expectations and the, the highs and the lows. And I think compared to a lot of different positions or a lot of different sports, I think it's just a great, a great resource for maturation. Right. And regardless of if they end up in the NHL or not, like, you know, the goalie community, it's awesome. The people that are involved, they're just awesome. It, you know, because you've lived that, you know, we've all lived it right as goalies. And I think that I, I think it's great for just personal growth and development. It's funny. I meant I talked about the car ride home, um, and that being something that where a lot of people will listen to this podcast with their sons and daughters. But are there lessons about how to be a parent on the car ride home? Maybe when you in those moments where you don't have the in goal radio podcast on, maybe after a tough loss. Are there? Do you get into things like that about like sort of not necessarily a how to be a parent, but what are some of the you know, how to support that goalie and to walk that fine line between, I mean, especially for yourself as a guy who coached in the National Hockey League before your son was a goaltender, that fine line between coaching them and just supporting them. Where where did you find that, those lines yourself? Um, we'll have other parents that'll probably be, even whether they played or not, they'll look for resources to help. But 
when's the time to help? When's the time to back off? I, I, I would struggle, I know, to, to know when, and, when to help and when to just shut up and listen. Yeah, there's actually a, a lot in the book about even, even where to stand and, and how to interact with, with your goalie at the rink and after game. So there's a lot of that. And, and I'm going to say, so first I'll be talking about the car ride. The car ride's so important. One of the things that kept on coming back in my interviews with the parents was how they cherish now. They think back about all the car rides, those long drives to the tournaments and the trips. And, and they think back and they go, oh, my God, that, we didn't realize at the time, but that was the best part, right? Just spending time with your kid alone in the car. But when it comes to car coaching, I, I'm very maybe anti-establishment on this one. I think absolutely parents have to, goalie parents have to car coach, right? It's not the, well, the parents shouldn't be, you know, it's up to the coach. The parents should be, should not, shouldn't be telling their kids what to do and so on. But for, in a goalie's world, the goalie gets to the rink. They go to practice. They, they go back to the car. They may not have interacted with an adult because there's no one really working with the goalie. And a goalie can go to a game and then, you know, they, they play the game, they come back, maybe a coach didn't even say a word to them, right? Because they don't know what to say to the goalies or may, maybe no one's dedicated because most kids don't have a goalie coach that's going to be there at games and practice. Maybe they'll see him once a week at goalie training, but they don't, they don't have that regular thing. So I think it's really important that the parents talk to the kids about the game. But a, a, a couple of little nuances, one of the things that I learned as a goalie parent was I never led with the goals against, right? It was always, hey, what were your favorite saves today? And it was like start on something positive and, and, and go with the good things about the games. And typically I would start with like how the team did and then I'd get into, you know, how were your saves? Hey, hey, what were your favorite saves? With Joey, it wasn't a problem. He'd hop in the car and be like, hey, dad, did you see that glover I made in the third? <laughs> like he was all into it. But after that, it was like, hey, what did you think about the goals? And I think it's so important to talk about the goals. And your role as a parent isn't to tell them what to do. I think the role of the parent is to allow them to talk it through. And that, like I call it a cleanse, right? So they need to cleanse the, the, the goal out of their system or the goals out of their system. And one of the other, you know, kind of tricks that, that I throw out there is when you get home, the unpacking of the bag, that's the end. So you've talked about it in the car on the way home, kind of gone over the game, stuff like that. Now you get to the, now you get home, go to the basement. Once that bag is unpacked, that game is unpacked. It's done. So the next event, the next thing you have, whether it's you're going to do something or you're having dinner or you're watching TV, I mean, you're the same whether you won 10 nothing or lost 10 nothing. So I kind of use that, that bag, the, the emptying of the bag as an anchor for parents. I love it. Now, I got to ask, without giving the whole thing away, because the reality is all these little teases, I, like I'm already wanting, I don't even have kids that are goalies. Like, I sometimes am quite grateful for that, but I already want to go out and buy it. Where do, I never would have thought about where to stand in a rink and why that matters as a goalie parent and how you position yourself might affect the mindset of your young goaltender. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, it's about, it's about supporting your kid. Okay. And them knowing that you're there supporting them. 
And I think it's so easy to get on the ice, like even to this day, right? 18,000 people in a rink. Joey will tell me where I was sitting. Really? He finds me. Oh, he finds me. Like, it's unbelievable. The kids find their parents, right? They're hopping on the ice, warm up or whatever. Get a, like, they'll spot you in a college rink, at a pro rink, or whatever. They know exactly where you were sitting. And it, it's funny, I tell you, tell you this one. So I'm doing a game, and remember, I, I'm a scout. So I'm, I'm, in the, uh, I'm watching Joey play in the USHL. We're watching the game. So I'm doing the other goalie that he's playing against. So at the time, I used, like I use now, I used the, the, the genesis of SIG Game Day, the app. So I used my phone to record all, all my information. So after the game, he goes, Dad, hey, why were you on the phone all game? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what? like, wow, right? Like, like he, he, he's just, you know, but, but he's that way. Like, he's calm. He's, he's like composed on it. Like he just enjoys being out there. He's relaxed and he can go, Hey, what's dad up to? Right. So, you know, what I say to parents is find a spot. I like to, uh, you know, somewhere home end, you know, around the blue line ish or so, you know, find a spot and just camp out there. And then they know, you know, they know where you are. I'm not a big fan of standing behind the goalie <laughs> right behind the glass and being right there. Like, it's almost like if you were at work, do you want someone standing over your shoulder <laughs> while you're working, <laughs> watching everything you do? So I think it's really important. And it's funny. I've gone as a goalie parent. Maybe you haven't experienced this. Um, but as a goalie parent, like, like there's anxiety just like when you were a goalie. And, you know, what I, what I used to do early on is I used to like just kind of hide in the corner of a rink and I, 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 I did my Jack Johnson phase. So my Jack Johnson phase is I'd go stand in the corner of a rink and I'd put my headphones on and I'd listen to Jack Johnson because that would keep me calm and relaxed while I was watching the game. And when I get to a game, I just know so many people at the rink. Like I get so many people that come up and say hi, but I'm trying to watch my kids play. Hey, Alex is playing. I'm trying to watch them. Um, so I had that going for a while. And then one game, Joey was playing at BC, at Boston College. And, and uh, we had a bunch of family and friends there. And I'm about to take off to go to my spot. And Daniela looks at me and she goes, hey, wait a minute. Before you even think about going to that corner, you've got your family here. I'm like, we're watching this game together. We're cheering for ASU and we're going to have a hell of a time. And I sat there. And we cheered and shouted ASU and high-fived and, you know, we, we, we called it fan mode. And ever since then, we've been in fan mode. We go to games and, you know, whether it's at home, we're cheering. And one of the, one of the nuances of that, though, is we always cheer for the other goalie. So, yeah, so just positive karma. And, like, like for, me, for, for me and my wife, like, any game we went to, if it was 0-0, zero, zero, we'd be the happiest people around because we live in the goalie world, right? We'd, we want goalies to be successful. So we're always cheering for the goal. Like, even at the NHL level, like, we're cheering. Joey's playing Vancouver. We're cheering for Thatcher. Dang, great job, Thatcher. Like, you know, it's just the way, just the way we are with it right now. So I've gone through a lot of different phases. And it was so interesting talking to Chris Knight Spencer Knight's dad. He had a, he, just a great way of looking at how a, goal, how a goalie parent feels in a game. And what, what he compared it to is a pa- being a passenger of a car that's going fast. 
that feel you're not comfortable, right? You're a little nervous. That car is going fast. But he goes, but the driver doesn't feel the same way because the driver's in control. And how we compare that is when the kids are on the ice, like they're in control. We're off the ice as parents. We have no control of the situation. So it's actually a little harder on us <laughs> than it is for the kids on the ice. And when he said it to me, I was like, wow, like you nailed it. That is 100% how it is because you have no control when you're up there in the stands. I can't relate to it as a goalie parent. Like I said, they don't, my kids don't play. But I can relate to it a little bit as a, a dad with a, a new driver. And she's in control of the car and instinctively in the passenger seat, you know, she's not going too fast because she's just learning. But when you feel like maybe the brakes are coming on a little late, you know, your foot goes down like you're, you're you know, but she can see that she can sense that um, my nervousness because I'm not in control. My apprehension does if they're finding you in the stands, if they're noticing, dad, why were you on the phone? Body language matter matter up there when you're when you're watching after a goal. You got to be careful how that body is when you're not in fan mode. That that body language doesn't reflect negatively if they happen to glance over after one. One hundred percent. So at my my son Alex, who plays at Saint Anselm College, he's twenty two. He's a senior. He wouldn't look after a goal, but I was Joey's coach. The second that puck went in, he looked at the bench. And what I realized at that point, like, okay, what am I going to do after a goal? And then, okay, so I thought of us, you know what? Hey, let's go. Let's go get the next one, boys. You know, like, then I just, I just kept positive and encouraging. And, and after a while, he stopped looking over. You know, you're talking about when he was a mite, right? But, but that was his first, his first instinct was to look over to see if I was going to be like, you know, make a sign. And then I, I quickly realized that he was looking over and I said, okay, I've got to think about how I'm going to be. And that that's the same recommendation or suggestion that I have with parents. It's just like, you know, we teach our kids to look forward, especially after a goal, right? The great Marty Broder, never get beat twice, always thinking ahead, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, we got to be the same way as parents and the way that, that, that we act and yes, our facial expressions, body language, absolutely matter. Except at the youngest, at the youngest levels, yeah. Do um, are there other lessons that, like, like you said, like we're telling them, we're asking them to do these things, learn these lessons, mental approach to the game, especially as they get older. These are all, you know, there are lessons that we ask our goalies to learn and act upon. Are there other ones that parents need to sort of take that mentality where it's Hey, if I'm I'm telling him to not show negative body language as we just discussed, or other things where it's like you can learn that as well and apply it to yourself, and that'll help your young goaltender because you're acting the same way. Any any other th- lessons that jump out that way? Yeah, I think so. And 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 I'll go back to to um, you know an interview I did with Ken Swayman, Jeremy's dad, and it was so funny, like. He talked about, you know, getting into goalie and sports and the whole thing, and, and he's a surgeon. And what he really talked about was being a part of a team and how and, – and that's what he was kind of thought hockey would be great for learning how to be part of a team. And it's so interesting when you look at it for a goalie, one of the secrets of goaltending is being able to build a team. So let's say – you're playing for the Kelowna Rockets, right? 
If you want to be a successful goaltender, you need the bus driver, you need the equipment manager, you need the ticket people, you need the assistant coaches, you need everybody pulling for you, right? And building a team is about how you carry yourself and how you treat people. And I think as a goalie, the fact that we're such in the spotlight and the limelight so often, right? There's a, there's a good game, big win. Oh, that goalie played great. The goalie's great. The goalie's this, this, right? Well, that maybe third line left winger who goes out and lays the body every shift doesn't get those accolades. So I think it's really important that we're away from the days where the goalie sits there and puts a towel over their head and, you know, no one, no one talks to the goalie and the goalie special and so on and so forth. Typically, there's, there are five mistakes that go into a goal being scored. A goalie can't make five mistakes. There are other people making mistakes out there. So I, I think the whole building a team and how you carry yourself goes to the parents as well. And you got, you got goalie parents that like to be off on their own. I was one of those guys. That's fine. Goalie parents that, that, that want to sit and cheer and be with all the other goalie parents or, or, or dads that just want to sit with the dads or, or moms that sit, just want to sit with the moms. Any of those are fine as long as you're consistent. Meaning you can't be one, oh, I'm going to be by myself. And then all of a sudden things go great. Now I'm mixing in. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm with it. Like it can't be you, the way you as a parent interact with the other parents and act at the rink should have no <laughs> actual um, uh, relevance to how your, your son or daughter is playing, right? This is who you are and this is who you're going to be regardless of the score and regardless how your kid does. And that's, that's kind of the, 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 the lessons that, that we have to learn as goalie parents too, because there are, you know, we are a little, we're playing a little, we're playing a different sport inside a sport, right? <laughs> so it's different for us. So that's one of the things that I would, I would say is important to kind of figure out and just be consistent. And you want your kid to be consistent, whether they win or lose, you know, like, I remember being at a, a U.S. national team game, and I'll leave the goalie's name out, but he comes to the, the, the bus, and they lost three to two, and he's got his head down and so on and so forth. I'm like, hey, look, you can't walk out of the rink like this. You're drawing all this attention to yourself. Like, it, you just the way you're walking out of this rink makes it look like you cost the team the game. So therefore, your body language, whether you win or lose, has to be the same every game. And you have to be consistent with that. And you watch NHL guys, you know what it's like. Game ends, boom. 12 minutes later, you're on the road, they're out of the rink, they're gone. Like, that game's over. <laughs> They've already moved on to the next, you know, they're already on to the next game. They're not going to sit there and, 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 you know, have the bad body language or the negativity they get past it so quick. They just keep on moving forward. Yeah, and consistency too. Like you said, like we want, you want goaltenders who don't have wild mood swings in the locker room, depending on how the game went the night before. The guys talk about coming in with the same mentality every day. And so it makes sense at the lower levels, especially, that parents show that sort of same consistency and resilience. I love it. Um, you talk. I'll go, I'll go off yep. that one for another second too. Because I want to talk about the taking, like right on this one, taking the stairs. And the lessons that we have to learn as goalies take time. 
we've got a longer developmental curve than players. Okay, it takes longer to bake a goalie. But so much of us, so many of us as, as parents, you want to take the elevator and you don't want to take the stairs. You want to get there as fast as you can. But if you're going as fast as you can, then you lose the lessons along the way. And it's so funny. The cover of the book is a picture of Joey when he won his first game against the Maple Leafs, right? And behind him are the stairs going up, right? And I just, it just meant so much to me because it wasn't an easy goal. Like there was so much adversity in his career. I mean, he went to an ASU program that was just starting where they were going, playing the powerhouses, getting wax night in and wax night out. Like there was so much adversity and, and you learn so much if you take your time and go through it. Like, I even say to parents, the biggest question I get from parents is where to play. What do I do with my kid, right? And, you know, in our, in our area, the, the best league, well, the best players um, are, it's called the EHF, and that's in New England, okay? So Joey has nine NHL games played and one EHF game played. He never played in the, he never played in the EHF. He never played in the top league. He played in a good league that was competitive where he got his games played, right? And, and, and grew a passion for the sport and continued to develop and train. And he ended up, you know, doing all right for himself. So if your kid's in the top league, at the top level, on the top team, that's great. But if your son or daughter isn't, it's such a long developmental curve that there's time. As long as they're in a good place where they're, they're, they're growing and getting better, then, then you're fine. They'll end up where they're going to end up. Can it, what about the other side? Like, what are the ones that are, they get to the elite at an early age and you can, things are going really well and there's almost that excitement, but it's you're still young. Like the stairs are still there, right? Can it be, can you get too caught up in success as well as a parent early on? Well, you could, but there's absolutely no reason for it because, you know, here's the, here's the great Marty Brodeur story, right? Like Marty Brodeur, arguably the greatest goalie of all time, the winningest goalie of all time, like whatever. And then the Devils trade for Corey Schneider. And now he's got to compete for the net. Like I coached Freddie Brathwaite. You know Freddie, right? Yep. One of the greatest humans on the planet. Freddie Brathwaite. I coached him in Germany. So there's Freddie. He's in Germany. And he's the highest paid player in the league. He's our number one goalie. And he gets hurt game two. Then Felix Berkman comes in rookie like he's 21 years old at the time he rattles off eight wins in a row now what now what do you freddie he's got to earn his job back right he's got to earn the team earn the coach back earn you know like you never ever stop proving yourself as a goalie i don't care i don't care like and that's why even the greatest arguably the greatest goalie of all time still had to prove himself it never it never ends so there's no, like, if you're in the greatest league at the, and you're playing the best team or whatever, hey, don't worry. You got to do it next game, next week, next month, next year. It never ends. It, there's always another stare. Uh, absolutely. Always. Some of the other parents you talked to, uh, goalie moms, Shelly Wall, Joseph Wall's mom. Um, what were some of the, like, enjoying the ride? And, and you talked about enjoying the moments. It sounds like there were lessons there. 
um, that maybe sometimes if we get caught up in what's going on on the ice, we can lose sight of those moments and how special they are. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, like I, I think of, you know, she had this great quote in the book about driving to the rink first thing in the morning with hot chocolate and, and watching the sunrise over the bridge. And like, it was like, it was like a painting the way she described it. Right. And I, I think about what a parent's role is at that age to their kids. And, you know, my, my kids, Hey, I want to play for the Boston Bruins. Right. Like that's, that's how they were. And at Stop It, we've been so fortunate. There's every year there's anywhere from five to ten goalies in the NHL that have gone through our program at some point, right? And so I have this motto that you probably heard before. It's like it's dream big, but don't expect big. And I think it's so important. Like I tell parents, no parent should ever cut their kid. It's not their job. That's the organization or the coach that they're trying. Let them try out. You like, don't ever put a parent should never put themselves in a position where they're going to say, I don't think you're good enough to play for that team or you can't make that tournament or whatever it is. Right. So I, I think the dream big, let him dream big. Like if Corey Schneider would have told me when he was 13 years old that our goalie camp that, Hey, I, I want to be the starting goalie at Boston college and make $6 million a year in the NHL. Like what's the chance of that happening? Well, Corey, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you're probably dreaming a little too big there. No, like some, someone's got to be the starting goalie at Boston College. Someone's got to be the starting goalie for the Vancouver Canucks. Like someone's got to be the starting goalie somewhere, right? So as long as you understand that it takes a heck of a lot of work and a lot of commitment and you need timing and you need luck and life isn't fair, as long as you keep all that grounded, dream as big as you can and just keep on moving along the path, and, and see what happens because someone's got to make it. You talked about where should my kid play as well as being one of the big decisions. Um, another parent that you had in there, and it, it, we had him on the pod. We had his son on the podcast just recently in Thatcher Demko, and I love talking goaltending with Thatcher Demko because he digs right into the minutia. You had his dad, Brenton, uh, in the book, and Brenton's a guy who I know, you know, when we talk about opportunities, there wasn't always probably they weren't always the same in San Diego. Like it wasn't a big hockey area, but I know he took like, like when they traveled to different tournaments and stuff, he looked for coaches in different areas to give him different voices. Yeah. And it, so that's like, we're really going in the parent thing here, which is cool. Like one of the things that I talk about in the book is to lower your expectations. Parents have to lower their expectations of what they're going to get from their youth hockey organization, what they're going to get for coaching at the youth, like what the coaches, the head coach is going to give them, what the goalie coach is going to give them. Like he was great because it, it's about going to find the resources, right? right. Finding a goalie coach and um, uh, like Colin Dilly's mom, right? Like she had a thing, like she found Colin a mental performance coach, right? A single mom, like trying to, you know, to, wait, I don't know the hockey world. I don't know what he's going through. Have someone to talk to. I thought that was awesome. Kind of goes with the, you know, uh, the, the lift the mask almost kind of like, hey, just having a resource. And so what I tell parents is to lower the expectations of what they're going to be given. But make sure that you're trying to figure out where the resources are. And the best way to do that is through your goalie coach and 
The other goalie parents, the kids that are a little bit older, that's really the network that they have to tap into because then they're like, yeah, you know what? When you're 13, 14, okay, that's when you start with the national tryouts. They have these these regional camps and everybody tries out. Oh, really? You know, like, uh, oh, you know, you live in New England. You got to play in the Beantown Classic. That's where all the scouts, like, they'll give the advice um, to the younger parents about what to do and, hey, where to get your skate sharpened, <laughs> right, right? Uh, you know, you know how important that is. All that little stuff, like finding a good, uh, like here, here we have uh, pure hockey and pure goalie. Like finding the right spots to buy the equipment that, that you obviously have the right spot. But that's the stuff that you get from the parents that are a little bit older, and it, and you've got to tap as a parent. You know, like you've got to tap into those resources. Well, hey, okay, now this is a perfect segue resources parents you've got another new one like the book as if the book's not enough and you can get it at amazon and we'll make sure we have links in the show notes to where you can purchase the book you've got another resource and i think it's one that actually i'm curious whether you think it might tie into your role as a parent like could you the new app uh stop at sig um app for basically tracking games and trying to quantify success because this is one thing that must you know, I don't know. You tell me, is this a role a parent could serve? Could they be the one tracking while they watch or the, is there a risk there? But the app is designed, I'll let you sort of explain it, but from a broader sense, it's designed to sort of quantify a little bit how your goaltender is doing. Something that right up to the pro levels can be difficult because shot quality isn't measured. And so you've come up with an app that you can put on your phone and help at whatever level quickly tracking a game at least add some context to goalie performance relative to sort of shot quality environment. We all know no two shots are made the same. You're trying to help everyone measure it a little bit so we can we can have a better sort of baseline. Because right now, it's there is none, right? Like one kid lets in five, but he may have seen 60 tough shots. The other kid lets in five and he only saw 10. Like, we're quantifying that a little bit. Walk me through the app and the 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 genesis of it. Well, the app is is one thousand percent for parents. It's it's a phenomenal tool. But here's here's the thing about the app. The app is a hundred percent objective. There's no subjectivity to it. So it the app doesn't know whether the goal is five foot two or six foot five. The app doesn't know if the goalie is supposed to be the starter or the backup. The app doesn't know if the goalie is the coach's son, right? Like, like it doesn't know anything. So it's a totally blind, objective way to look at goaltending. So it tracks four major components, goal expectancy versus actual goals. So this is an average goalie. What an average goalie, based on the, the type of shots that they get in a game, what they would get. So at the end of a game, it's going to show you, oh, you know what? My goalie gave up two goals but the average goalie would have given up 3.3 goals based on the shot types, or my goalie gave up five goals and the average goalie would have given up 2.7 based on. So you're always looking at the highest levels, you know, you're going to get a good save percentage and a good goals against average. If you're playing a good team, like it's just the way it is. So it's not a great stat, but when you deal with goal expectancy, it takes away who you're playing for. Right? It takes away whether you're on a good team or a bad team. So it creates an even uh, playing field for all goalies. So we do it objectively. So we, we track the actual shot type. So we get our goal expectancy. 
Then we do rebound control based on retention, who gets the puck. If the goalie freezes the puck, if the goalie gives up a rebound and the goalie's team gets it or the other team gets it. Very objectionable ways to quantify how a goalie did. A glove save, if the goalie catches it cleanly, makes the glove save but doesn't catch it cleanly or the puck goes in over the glove. Now you get glove performance in an objective way. Playing the puck, goalie plays a puck, plays it to their team, turnover to the other team. Not, hey, did he take it and rifle the puck, right? How hard they shot the puck? No, it's about results. So it's all objective. So now as a parent, so this is the greatest thing. So now the parent does the game. The app through AI produces a two-page game report. It writes out in sentence form, in paragraphs, how the game went, how the goals went in. So the cool thing is now that now the game's over, now son or daughter gets to the car. Instead of, hey, dad, how'd I play? Ah, you're okay. Hey, mom, how'd I play? Oh, you were awesome. You were the best player on the ice, right? Now it's, here's the, your report, and now we can talk about it. So it introduces a third party. So now as a dad, you're not, hey, um, I didn't think you were so sharp today, or I thought you could have had a couple more of those, or what? now you don't have, it's not up to you anymore. Now it's a third party. It's the app saying, hey, you know what? Your rebound control was really good. Your rebound control, what, you know, now, now, now it's the, the mom and the daughter, the mom and the son, the dad and the daughter. Now they're talking, but it's not, there's no angst. There's no confrontation because they're just talking about what the app spit out as opposed to what dad or mom's opinion might be. In terms of that, that relationship between the parents and the kids and now the goalie coach and the head coach and now the goalie coach and the goalie. So my, my idea was, I just didn't want to listen to a coach come in and say, oh, I don't think uh, the, the goalie has good rebound control because they saw one bad rebound. And now I can go, well, why would you say that? The, the rebound control was 82% with a 52% no rebound rate, freeze rate. Like, and that's another thing you get from this app, right? It's unbelievable. It tracks what your no rebound or your freeze rate is. And that is an unbelievable predictor of whether you've got a good goalie on your hands. The ability to sort of, we've talked about it before, the ability not just to make saves, but control play. Uh, absolutely. And, and think about for a goalie to not to give up a rebound, right? What goes into it? You've got to get in position so you've got to be able to skate. You've got to understand the game so you know where to be. You've got to have a soft body so pucks stick to you. You've got to be able to have good hand-eye in terms of catching pucks, taking whistles that way. Stick on pucks, spraying pucks into the stands or spraying pucks away from the net. They all compound, and then you look at that number. And it's so interesting. So this is like, I've done close to 1,000 games, right, doing this. And, and when I say 1,000, it doesn't mean sitting through a, an hour and a half or two hours because we get the condensed games on Instat or SportLogic or whatnot. But at the end of the day, like, you, you do all these games, and I found out, this one stat, which is going to be really interesting. When you look at a goalie's performance and rebounds, one out of every third, 33% of shots should be killed. No rebound, no um, a freeze, right? Two out of every three shots should be a positive outcome of either the puck gets frozen or the goalie's team gets it. 
So you've got one third and two third are just great, really barometers of, of, of where a goalie should be. Now, um, so I guess it like, so where does that, like, we got different levels here, right? So for young kids and, but also, as you said, like right up until junior, like this would be, again, like there's probably junior coaches listening to that are like, I could really use that. My post-game conversation with my head coach might be a little easier if I had this context, this sort of, you know, objective context to how my goalie performed. And that's not always available, you know, like you said, right up to junior levels. They don't have access to the same stats that maybe we get access to in the National Hockey League. How hard is it to, having not used the app myself, um, how hard is it or how long does it take sort of get comfortable so that you can just be live watching a game and buzz through it and when the final whistle's done, you got a pretty good feel that you've, you've captured all these elements? Okay, well, here comes the insider tips. First off, you have to know hockey. So if, if you're not a hockey person, you're not going to be able to do it. If you don't know what a pass out is, you, you know what I mean? Like, like if you don't know certain terms that, that are common for, let's say, guys in the business or guys in hockey, then you're not going to be able You have to have a decent level of, of knowledge in hockey. And I've got some great advice. Like this is V1, right? Like we're just getting going. And like, I, I'm learning from, from the, the, the parents and everything like that. So, uh, and the coaches that use it, like, so I had a parent. Uh, his son, 14 years old, played four games in a tournament, right? He said before the tournament, he went to NHL.com, went to scores, found some old games, and practiced before he went in the rink. So now he goes in the rink. He said, by game four, I was a pro, right? And he said, We've, me and my son have never had as positive conversations after a game as with your app. Because he said his son was rushing to the car after the game because he wanted to get feedback because he never gets feedback, right? So he, he gets feedback on the game. And then they can have this really nice conversation. He said it was great. And then the other day, Hanu Toivonen uh, called me. So Hanu took the job in Toronto for the Marlies, right? And he loves yeah. And he goes, so he did the rookie tournament. And he had an interesting way of doing it. He said, well, I did my goalie live. And then I did the opposing goalie on video the next morning. So he was using it because he wanted to make sure that after the game, he could provide the coaches with, hey, how did the goalie do based on expectation? How was the goalie's rebound control, right? How was the goalie's playmaking? So now at the tip of his fingers, he was ready to walk into the coach's room after the game armed with his information, right? So if the coach is like, oh, oh, that second goal, we can't give up that goal that costs us a game. Hannah could file, f- fire back with, well, yeah, we, you know, yeah, he should have stopped that one, but, you know, he beat goal expectancy by 2.3. <laughs> so it, the app actually allows the goalie, that goal expectancy allows the goalie to be human. Just like that defenseman that falls over to create the breakaway, right? A goalie can make a mistake, but as long as they're beating their goal expectancy, hey, guess what? Goalies are human too. And they, they, they make mistakes too. Well, anytime we, we can add sort of an objective context, it's a positive at any level of goaltending. Hey, the other thing too, like I feel like there's so many things you have going on right now. Um, we talk every week about Sense Arena here on the In Goal Radio podcast. You've been a part of the development of it. You've been part of the team there. Um, where are you seeing this fit in? Maybe we can keep tying this to parents in the book. Like, Where does it fit in for kids and parents and help them and what's coming next? 
Well, so funny because I, I feel like I'm, I'm 57 years old. I feel like, hey, I'm not too old here. I got my app, SIG Game Day, and, and I'm with Sense. Like, I'm not an old fart right now. Um, so, look, you, you, you get it. Like, I, I listened to, you know, the Ryan Miller episode the other day. Like, like you get the whole sensor in a thing. And it is so exciting, like, like to see where this is going. And I, I hope I don't get in trouble for letting the cat out of the bag. But you're talking about probably sometime this season, we're going to have a kid in, in Chicago shooting on a goalie in Vancouver all in real time. Wow. It's yeah, it's mind blowing what's what's going on with Sense Arena in terms of, you know, what the capabilities are. Like I joke, remember uh, remember um uh, was it Gordon Gecko in Wall Street? Michael Douglas, remember when he was on the beach and he had the the old cell phone with the, you know, with the antenna sticking out of it. I'm like that's where we are, right? As as awesome as VR and sensory is right now, like we're just at the infancy stages. Like they're working on an NHL goalie being able to put their Oculus Quest on and being being able to sit in the opponent's power play and 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 track and, and follow their entire power play. We, um, you know, one of the things that that's awesome about Sensorina is it's not a game, right? It is absolute training, and we've talked about it before. There's no, there's, there's no punishment on the body. It's great. You get all those reps without the wear and tear on the body. But, but here's one of the things that I've been talking a lot with Sensorina about in terms of making it more fun. Okay. So at my company, Stop a Goaltender, we do, we train a thousand goals a year and we have five locations. We do, we do uh, a small group private lessons, but every lesson ends with game time. And I think it's so important to put the work in and then play at the end. And that's one of the things that I'm talking to them about adding more of a fun component to it as well to make sure that, hey, put the work in, but then, but then play and compete and so on and so forth. And I know for a fact in August, they're going to have a tournament. So, so it's going to be neat. It's going to be like, here are the drills for the tournament. And so you can get ready for the tournament and then you'll be able to play a tournament where your scores are going to go against kids from all over the world. Like it's, it's really a cool concept. And that's kind of where I'm going with it. Like I get the training part. It's phenomenal. There's so many different things you can do with it. And I, I really see, I really see the company as a whole, like sensor arena isn't a virtual reality company. I look at it. It's a goalie development company that uses virtual reality as a tool to make goalies better. And the other one, one thing, we talked about this last time a little bit too, just the easing of anxiety. When we talk about parents and how do we get our goalies to relax, they, say if they come off a tough game and they, they, they got one ice time and another week before they play again, just that ability to sort of get in a goaltending environment and rebuild the confidence when you don't have the ability to get on the ice before the next one. Well, you know, you, you, do you know the Grubauer story, how Grubauer was using Setsarina virtual reality during the playoffs last year? I did not know that one. And it was so interesting because, because Bob Tativa, awesome guy, he runs the show there at Setsarina, and, and he's talking to me about Grubauer. Like, he, he was so surprised that it's playoffs, and he's there working out on Setsarina. And I'm sitting there going, no, he's not working out. He's calming himself down. I know exactly what – I mean, because – 
for me, that was the hardest thing for me was the pregame anxiety. And so I, I, if I would have been able to just get some pucks at any time I wanted to, to calm myself down. And that's kind of what my thought is why he was using it just to feel some shots to the glove block or track some pucks, do a couple drills and at, at, at any time you can put that thing on and, and you're calming your anxiety down. Now, hey, we're, we, we've done it again. We're close to an hour here. We haven't, there's probably... 40 minutes, right? Yeah, I know, I know. But hey, my fault. You and me talking about goaltending, we could go for hours. And I guess with two parts, we're almost there. Um, just catch us up on everything else you're doing. Where can it be you now? Uh, back at stop at goaltending. Um, first off, we'll make sure we're in the show notes for, for the book and the app. We'll put links there. But just catch us up on everything else you're up to these days. Awesome. So I just finished up last year. So I was with the Arizona Coyotes, had the coolest job there. So I, I was special assistant to the general manager and I was director of goaltending operations. And it, it, it was a fantastic experience, like a growth experience. I learned, I learned so much. Like, you know, there's, there's sometimes some negativity that goes along with the coyotes and whatnot. I mean, the, the people there, really good people, really did a good job. And, and just the whole vibe of the organization's great. But what happened was it, it, you can kind of almost call this a COVID effect, right? So I wasn't traveling as much because before that I was, I was gone like a maniac with the, with the Maple Leafs, right? And, and geez, when you're not gone as much, you start to think, well, this is kind of nice, right? From a family standpoint to, to, to be with Daniela and to be home. And, and then when we looked at what was coming up, you know, when I, I sat there with Army and, and we kind of looked at what was coming up and what my role was going to be. And I looked at the travel and I had some long talks with Danielle and we really talked about big picture stuff and, and, you know, we're empty nesters now. So when I'm on the road, she's sitting at home, right? Like this is, this is the life. And where we are at our stage, like we just thought, you know what, Let, why don't we just take a step back and then, you know, not get on the, tr the hockey treadmill this year. So BU needed a goalie coach. And it was like, well, well, B needs a goalie coach and it's local and, and, and it keeps me at a high level and, and you know, scratching my itch to, to be developing goalies at the highest level and working with draft prospects. You had Drew Camesso's there, awesome young goalie. And, and we just made a family decision. Um, so I just let the Coyotes know, hey, like, you know, this year, I, I just want to be at home and, and, and do that. And I just didn't want to get in the travel. And it was a really hard decision because I almost felt like I let the goalie community down a little bit because I, I was such a proponent of the goalie department and forming that goalie department. And, and we've got this 50, over 50-page 50 manual on how to run a goalie department for the Coyotes and, and the different levels. And we hired a European scout and we had, you know, Clay Adams and Magnus Olsen in Europe. And we had, uh, you know, our AHL development coach and, and Schwabi. Like, we talked all the time and made lists and prepared for meetings. It was, it was great. And I, I really cherished that. And I wish I would have kept going, but I couldn't keep going without the travel. And I, I just decided at, at my age and, and where Danielle and I were, we just decided we'd, we'd stay here. And I'm really excited about BU and, and doing the college thing too. Hey, it's a family decision. So that's understandable. I don't think you can say you let the goalie community down when since you've been home, you've produced a book to help goalie parents and an app to help goalies, goalie coaches and goalie parents everywhere. So definitely not letting us in the goalie community down. Uh, Brian, can't 
wait to read the book and check out the app myself. I'm not sure my parents will come and, you know, contextualize my beer league games. I don't think I would subject anyone to that, but I know it's a valuable tool for others. So thank you so much for taking the time to catch up with us again. We said last time we had to have part two. We've got part two in the books. I think with you and me talking goaltending, there will be a part three down the road, and uh, I look forward to it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for everything you guys do at InGoal. Awesome stuff. Uh, connecting both ends of the, the goalie world. The, the athletes don't get there without the support and guidance of mom and dad. But how you go about that uh, can always be tweaked. Uh, parents can learn right along with the with the kids themselves and and coaches. So that's uh, that was a really interesting, fun conversation to eavesdrop on. Yeah, it's always good to catch up with Brian. Like I said, I enjoyed the first one, but such a different focus. And it was just like, I don't know. Some things are just meant to be. We literally left that first interview at the summer by saying, hey, we're 40 minutes in. I really want to ask you about Joey's career path and your role as a parent and advice. But let's save that for part two. And by the time we get to part two, he's got a book, basically. I love how the whole thing started. Basically, the idea for this, as he said, watching Joey's first NHL game and the 24 hours leading it up to it and all the reminiscing about all the decisions that led to that path. And hey, there's a lot of parents that might sort of benefit from that advice and shared that experience. And I also love that he went out and talked to other goalie parents, Demko's parents, Joseph Wall's parents, Jeremy Swayman's parents, and all that advice is in the book. So thanks to Brian for sharing some glimpses into the book with us. There are a lot of lessons just in this podcast interview with him. So think of how many more are contained within the book itself. You can get it at Amazon. Hutch, you're right in the middle. You could be the author. Uh, you could be the consultant to a book like that, and uh, and you could be the person that that's reading it and learning it. Um, yeah, like I'm very excited to get into it. I've got a ton of respect for Brian ever since he, I think he reached out before Woody and I had even started. He's just that kind of guy. He wants to connect with everybody in the goalie world, not only to share his knowledge but to learn from everybody. So I've, I've been a huge fan of Brian's for years and. And obviously, he's been through a very special journey with a very special perspective that uh, that not all of us get the opportunity to enjoy. So, dying to learn from him, as, as because you know, as a goalie parent, it's we're all doing it. Most of us are doing it for the very first time. We all want the best for our children. Uh, it's as as you know, it's about the toughest parenting job you can possibly have because every mistake they make gets magnified to a completely new level. Uh, so if there's an opportunity to learn from a few people who've been down that road, I, I definitely want to do that. I'm muddling my way through. I think we're doing a half decent job together, Maddie and I, but, uh, I'm sure there's lots more to learn as well. And uh, I look forward to it. I, I really commend Brian for reaching out to all these other goalie parents as well, because everybody's journey is unique and, uh, and everybody will have a different experience uh, to draw on. So I, I'm excited to learn from all of those folks. Uh, just a shout out to to a guy named Daryl Gilmore, uh, a buddy of mine who I don't, uh, haven't seen in a long time, but a fellow Manitoban and he's 54 years old and played for the Moose Jaw Warriors and the Portland Winter Hawks back in the day, uh, had a long pro career and didn't play in the National Hockey League, but a long pro career, last played in 1999 and 54, still strapping them on, still playing. Because he loves the position. He posted a picture the other day. 
And I think that's cool. Uh, we, we, we know a lot of goaltenders play forward or defense uh, as they go along, uh, but, uh, but uh, Gilly's still putting the pads on. And I think that is really neat uh, that he's, he, he's still doing it. So uh, congratulations to, to, to Daryl Gilmore. And uh, we can't, we kind of like live through you. Uh, you, you'd lived uh, all the positions and, and the uh, professional ranks. So that's, uh, that's neat. Uh, thanks to Brian Decord. Uh, thanks to Cam over at the Hockey Shop. And thanks to you for listening. Let us know what you think, both about the sticks and about uh, being a goalie parent or a, 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 an athlete and how you relate to your parents. I'd love to hear from you as we continue on in this journey in the wide world of goaltending here at In Goal Radio, the podcast. Mm-hmm.